0: Did you know Montel uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to forecast spot prices, inflow to reservoirs, wind and run-of-river production? We can improve forecasts for your individual power plants anywhere in Europe. Contact us at ai@montelnews.com at for more info.
1: Hello listeners and welcome to the Monto Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. This week we take on a slightly different topic and delve into the nitty-gritty aspects of the energy transition. As part of Europe's ambitions to become net zero carbon by 2050, the continent faces a massive push towards green energy. All well and good, except the devil is in the details. As more and more wind and solar units come online, the bottlenecks in the grids will increase, as will costs. We will talk today about ways of alleviating such congestion and how to cut costs by using flexible units in local markets. To help me, Richard Sveresen, discuss this issue are Gisa Milza and Andrea Todjesen of Nodes Market and Jan Budke of E.ON, an energy networks and retail company. A warm welcome to you all three.
2: Hello. Thanks a lot, Richard. It's a pleasure.
1: So if I can start with you, Andrea, the current regulatory environment, what are your expectations for the coming years? You know, we talk about the Green Deal, uh, the post-corona recovery. This basically means there's going to be a lot more green energy coming on to the grid, doesn't it?
3: Yes, yes. What we've seen before the Green Deal was the clean energy package that started this uh Real transformation of the energy sector into more renewables, a more market-based approach, also including resources as demand response. And we expect, even though with corona, that um, the Commission will continue in this regard, as we see with the Green Deal. The ambitions are high. A lot of new renewables will come online. And they have to as well to meet the climate targets. And now the new climate target that's are in, increased uh, towards 2030 of uh, a minus of 55%. So um, we expect to see, see the green trans- transition going on full speed towards 2050 to reach the net zero target.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, there would be critics who would say you can never become 100% renewable because, you know, when there's no wind, there's no sun, you know, you can't, there's nothing to, to what happens then, you know, the, the times when it's very cold and dark in the winter. What can one say to, to these kind of skeptics here?
3: This is, of course, an issue. As you say, the, the sources you're mentioning, wind and solar, which we will be heavily depending on in the years to come, are, as we call it, intermittent. So we can't decide when the sun is going to shine or the wind is going to blow. And there will be times uh, where there are too much or too little production. This forces us to think about the energy system in a new way. So traditionally, we have been helped by power plants that have a continuous production. These are now phasing out, like uh, nuclear or coal power plants. And we also see that a lot of these renewables are being um, connected to the distribution grid uh, and not the transmission grid as it as it has been so this also causes more decentralized production of course and we need new solutions in terms of what we then refer to as flexibility including demand side flexibility that can help in these instances as you mentioned when there's no production.
1: So it's with the increased amount of renewables expected online I mean are we talking, you know, can we expect more congestion both at the transmission and as the distribution level on the grids?
3: I would say so, at least in the distribution grid where we we now see increased congestions. Uh, this is also due to to uh, distributed uh, generation, but also that the networks aren't keeping up with the uh, phasing in of all these renewables. In addition, the distribution system operates Need new ways of tackling these these issues, so uh, that's where we we want the flexibility market to help.
1: And, and one of the ways in which you know you deal with this congestion is what's known as redispatch, isn't it? What is meant by the term redispatch? If you were to put that into a into a sort of nutshell, if you like.
3: Yeah. So if I can do it as easy as possible, so redispatch is a form of congestion management where the system operator will. Basically, turn up or down uh, production or consumption of each side of a a congestion in the grid, uh, depending on which direction it is going in. So, this has traditionally been done in the regulatory domain. So, it's mostly been production being paid to be turned up or down. And when we talk about redispatch, we want to move this into the market. And that's also an ambition in the European re- regulation to have a more market-based solution for redispatch.
1: Excellent. So I think I think we'll come back to, to discuss um, the different options on the table, Andrea, and, and what you at Nodes Market are doing. But uh, if I can turn to you, uh, Jan, the redispatch, I mean, what does it cost? I mean, I've seen some some figures that the actual volumes of redispatch are around, what, about 21 terawatt hours, which is potentially the output of Three nuclear reactors, would that be fair? Yeah,
2: indeed, uh, Richard. That is, that are the, the numbers in Germany at the moment, whereas um, three quarters of that is uh, currently um, affecting uh, conventional generation and uh, one fourth, so five terawatt hours more or less, is affecting the uh, curtailment of renewable energies. But uh, m- more interestingly, the numbers um, with regard to um, the financials is, is different. So they are the Redispatching the, of the conventional generation is costing less than the curtailment of the of the renewable energies, and in in total, around one billion euro is paid per year for redispatching and for uh, curtailment. And um, most of this uh, curtailment um, takes place in the distribution grid because, of course, uh, most renewables are connected to the distribution grid. But um, the source of the curtailment is mostly and placed um, at the moment um at the transmission grid.
1: So this means the TSO then in effect is paying generators not to produce in one area and or another TSO is paying them to produce in a in, in another one. Uh would that that be correct, yeah? And this is this is running to a billion euros a year.
2: Yes, that is the number exactly.
1: Recently I saw that this number was was coming down a bit for Germany at any rate. That uh the figures from the third quarter indicate that the number is being reduced a little bit for for the redispatch within Germany, not so much on the on the borders with with its northern neighbours.
2: Indeed, it is uh, it is coming coming down a bit, uh, still being at a high level from my point of view, but coming down. Of course, depending on different factors um, such as um, increased uh, uh, grid expansion on the one side, on the other side um that um, um that there might be less wind power in, in in certain years at certain points of time so there are definitely um different factors but i assume that um in general congestions uh, will also play a role in the future although though there are um big um direct current uh, transmission projects germany to be complete completed by 2026 but on the other hand, on, on the transmission side, DSOs um, um, are obliged to to foresee about 70% of the um, interconnection uh, capacity, and this increases the internal uh, redispatch on their side, which is why there the numbers I assume will increase in future. And as Andrea said, we also forecast from the DSO side uh, more renewables in future, more solar power especially but also an increase of um, simultaneous demand coming from um, electric cars, um, where, we will, where we are currently having a ramp-up, a high ramp-up, having started uh, last year. And um, this, will, this will increase and put uh, further pressure on the grid. We need to extend our grid heavily, but we see that flexibility can optimise um, the expansion of our grid and reduce um, the
1: costs. So the combination of this lofty high-level 70% target for cross-border, as well as the increased amount of renewables and you know potentially the rollout of electric vehicles and the use electrification of other sectors such as heating, this is adding to stresses on the distribution grid, is it, Jan? Can you say something about the costs or the, the implications here?
2: we have different kind of implications. So when it comes to the electrification of heat and um, transport, then this uh, stresses mostly um, the low voltage level and the transformers, um, the level of uh, medium voltage and and low voltage. That is the one case where we definitely see see, um, a problem arising um, in the coming years. On the other hand, the increase of distributed generation uh, causes problems Mostly in medium voltage and at, um, at high voltage level. And solar PV also at uh, low voltage level. And um, these are two different aspects and they, they must be differentiated, but they can also be combined. So uh, for example, flexi making electric cars and uh, so the charging of electric cars but on heat pumps are flexible to reduce the congestions at low voltage can also help to integrate more renewables at other point of time. So reducing congestions at high voltage levels. So there is a certain combination and we have to think um, yeah, of all voltage levels in the end.
1: Absolutely. Think of the, the system as a whole. But uh, Giza, if I can bring you in here, because, you know, so we, we, these are the problems being faced on the grids both transmission, but on the distribution level specifically. So what, what are the solutions here to, to alleviate this and to say, as Jan says, to bring in solutions for all different voltage grids?
0: As it has been mentioned by Andrea already, and I think like it's, uh, it's a very well known topic. It's obviously a grid investments. That's, um, the first easy way out, I would say. But in the long run, as it also has been mentioned by Andrea and also by Jan, I think, um, if we comply with a green deal and is such necessities, um, this will only be, a so- or also only be a solution which needs to be adjusted then in the future. So um, we think this congestion problem in the low voltage medium and high voltage grid will persist unless we implement more dynamic solutions and as such make efficient and effective use of the resources that are available at the different voltage
1: levels. Absolutely. So you have, you know, the market-based solution and a cost-based solution. Could you talk us little, little bit through how how these are different?
0: Yes. Well, the cost-based solution, or um, also regulate the regulated approach, as it has been mentioned by Andrea, is obviously um, a relatively static way to apply this concept, and it also changes per country. So without going too much into details, the general concept relies on the fact that specific assets which are according to determined criteria, like the installed capacity or the type of energy or uh, flexibility they provide, that are subject or can be curtailed by the system operator if needed. For the purpose of congestion management, and the operator of these assets will then be compensated financially.
1: But and the market-based looks at what's out there in terms of you know um, bringing market dynamics into into these the, the res dispatch and these grid congestion issues.
0: Yes, well the market-based approach, like based from the fact that there are so far not as such as predefined strict criteria to participate is uh, voluntary so there is not obligation to participate in the market and contrary to the cost-based approach the the price that is actually agreed upon is subject or is, is subject to supply and demand which actually brings in the market approach and then as such also gives it a more dynamic and possibly for certain problems also a more suitable solution because like different types of flexibility can be used at a different price, locations and times and maybe therefore a more appropriate solution for specific problems and a larger diversity of problems as they are likely to come up in the future.
1: There's a body of work in Germany at least isn't there that says that the market-based uh, approach uh, makes uh, the system liable to gaming the, the gaming of the system and would increase market power of certain generational units in, in the system how, how would you react to that
0: Yes it is definitely a subject and it's been uh, discussed several times so I would say, and also like from the notes perspective as a market operator, obviously there is a risk both for gaming, but also for the execution of local market power. However, like when we compare the risk from the um, transmission grid to the distribution grid, uh, considering the volumes we are talking about and also as such prices. The potential benefit a potential gamer might be aiming for is considerably less, I would consider. And also, in addition, gaming requires a certain predictability of the actual congestion, which is true. Like there are events where this is easily to to be done. But obviously, when we talk about the distribution grade and also consider like the heterogeneity of the distribution grid and the end users it will be much more difficult to actually locate a congestion and in addition also the direction of the of the congestion and as such as a gamer to determine how you would behave on the market
1: absolutely so because the, the gaming if i understand it correctly is that uh, a generation unit will withhold some of its or maybe a lot of its capacity in the day head market because it thinks it can generate more uh, on on the basis of the congestion in the intraday or balancing framework. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Well, it's, it's not only limited to production unit, but this is one scenario. There are different variations. Obviously, from the consumption units, like there's also a certain gaming potential. However, the risks are different and also like the consequences, potential severe consequences for actually production or consumption units. But yes, in general, yes.
1: What's the view, Jan, from the from the DSO here, from the distributed, from the network side? Is this something that you are concerned about? Or do you think maybe there's too much emphasis placed on this?
2: Yeah, that's a very, very good question. To be honest, I can understand the fear because um, the congestions mostly appear at limited grid elements at the moment. And at some points, we don't see, for example, too many participants in a certain area because for example, where you have... Lots of wind in a certain area. Um, there you don't have so much demand in general. This can happen, but there might also be other um, situations where you have got a better, better fitting, and of course more liquidity also helps reducing the strategic gaming. Although it cannot fully prevent it, But generally we could say it is not impossible to to forecast grid congestions, especially when they depend on the weather. On the other hand, the uh, network reconfiguration options, so uh, the switching options on the distribution grid, especially uh, when it comes to to medium-voltage level, I assume that this will increase in the future, digitalization of the grids will increase and therefore the options for the system operators increases. And uh, when you have more and more generally uh, flexibility in the market, not only for congestion management, but perhaps also for balancing and and when uh, when end users uh, with smart meters, for example, want to uh, participate in the volatility of market prices, yeah, then you have got more liquidity and um, then flexibility markets um, can be the most efficient um, solution. But generally, I, I can understand the fears, especially of the of the regulator um, side, and it's a, a topic uh, which is discussed in a very hot uh, manner in general, and um, also. A lot of different solutions um, are discussed, and um, yeah, they might help to to prevent gaming. Uh, but so far, we we don't know whether this uh, whether this really um, happens.
1: Yeah, you can answer this, and maybe Gisa, you could also add your views. What's the current situation in Germany? Does the regulator then have to decide? Which solution it opts for, or is it? You know, what, what's the what's the current situation?
2: Currently, um, in Germany, we've got a, a redispatch scheme only for uh, conventional um, generators and uh, very large batteries. And in in future, and end of twenty twenty one, the renewable generators uh, will also be included in the plan based uh, redispatching scheme. But it is still a cost based scheme, and so far no market-based solution is in sight. Of course, Germany also has to um, transpose the electricity directive into national law. So in general, market-based solution shall be the number one solution unless the regulator um, says something else. And this decision currently has not been made, but um, according to the previous discussions, I assume that the decision is not so much in favor of market-based solutions. And this is... Kind of a pity, I would say, because, um, for example, we as DSOs, we are also looking forward to integrate more um, demand response into the, our general toolbox. And currently we don't have that tool. And I think there the market-based solutions can be quite favorable.
1: Absolutely. A, a better way of integrating the, the demand side. What are the next steps, Gisa? here? I mean, what, uh, what needs to happen for a country like Germany to, to put in place the market-based solution for redispatch?
0: Well, I wanted to add something to the previous question, especially from the perspective of a market operator, if I may say so, to the gaming part, if possible. Sure. I mean, Jan mentioned it or, like, touched upon it. Like, obviously, as a market operator, I mean, there is a certain variety of market monitoring possibilities that can be applied that probably will be applied and in the long run will also be developed further, which I think is a subject that is considered by any kind of market operator that actually try to to set foot on the market. And it's, I think it's a, it's a logical consequence. So coming to this risk, as Jan said, it would probably not appropriate to ignore it or to say it doesn't exist. But um, like several measures are in place. To reduce the risk and and they are applied already in the wholesale market for for instance and there are several more if i come to the second question now from a market perspective like now like when we talk about germany or europe obviously but the next steps is um, for a market operator is to carefully observe the development in the different markets, like from the, also from a regulatory perspective, like how is the, the actual framework even developed or be adapted and try to learn from it and also to try to develop or to improve the platform accordingly to make it a useful and applicable tool, which is actually useful for european markets and not only for for specific markets however certainly there are markets that are more evolved than others when it comes to the implementation of flexibility so there's currently the focus when it comes to germany i am more and more like looking into this redispatch field and i find it quite interesting because i think germany despite of the current apparent barrier we are facing I find it interesting because um, it it also somehow provides a very interesting possibility to look into flexibility markets as a complementary service to redispatch, like uh, by by combining both. Because with redispatch you cover certain assets, and with flexibility you will cover cover others. Which as such possibly, if applied correctly could probably be a good solution for various problems that might come up in the future.
1: So, Andrea, if I can bring you here, what's happening in other markets? Are other markets also opening up to this possibility for market-based uh, redispatch and dealing with grid congestion in, in, in a market-based manner?
3: I don't have a, a very um, uh, facts or numbers to give you, but I think in terms of uh, European regulation, that is the general tone. To have a market-based redispatch is also a part of the regulation. And there's, uh, of course, exemptions to this as well. And um, countries are able to, to adjust. What we've seen in Germany, as we have talked about now, and, and both Jan and Gesa has mentioned, uh, we don't see a, such a heated debate about gaming uh, anywhere else right now, at least, this could, of course, become more pressing when flexibility markets become more mature. But uh, as a general European uh, rule, a market-based solution sh- should be the first choice.
1: So I-, I suppose there's still probably a lot of work to do to to alleviate these fears of of gaming and market power, and 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 to get uh, a market-based solution, um, you know, firmly on the table. So. Gisa, Andrea and Jan, many, many thanks for for joining the Montel Weekly podcast this week. I'm sure we'll return to these subjects later. But in the meantime, thank you very much. We
2: thank you. Thank you.
1: you. So, listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions or, you know, let us know if you you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.